You know, the culture is actually damn good. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hey, where y'all at? This is Trafalgar Square. Mr. and Mr. North of South American, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. Have you been drinking? It was a good show, huh? During the workday, when you feel possessed by amorous intent, may I suggest that you suppress it? Hey! 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 Hey, how you doing? Let's get in the conference room. I would like to invite everyone into the conference room. I would like to have a meeting in the conference room right now. I know for a fact that nobody in the Parks Department reads letters. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me Savian! To Backstrom along the near board and... A turnover in front, alone is Sprong, a shot, and he scores! Daniel Sprong picks up a turnover in front of Shesterkin, and it's 4-3 Washington! SportsJourney.com radio network is back on the air. It's the Bob Matthews Show, and welcome on in to the Man Cave, everybody. We're delighted that you're with us, whether it is through the iHeartRadio app, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, the SportsJourney.com website itself, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Hey, we got a real treat for you today, because the big man himself, El Jefe, numero uno honcho, Lake Lewis, the great Lake Lewis, will be joining us in just a few minutes as we go ahead and wrap up, give you the final word on the Washington football team's draft. Lots of stuff going on. It is a busy time of year, isn't it? The Nats are in the midst of a little hot streak that has them, even though it's just 12-12 and and playing 500 ball at the top of the NL East right now. That's a good thing. The Wizards are on a roll. But we got to start before we get to football and talk about some pucks. So if you had told me last night, and I'm talking about Monday night, that the Capitals were going to go into New York and beat the Rangers 6-3, I mean, you know, obviously I would have thought you were nuts, and for good reason. There was no Yevgeny Kuznetsov in the game. There was no Ilya Samsonov in the game. There was no TJ Oshie in the game. And after the first 39 seconds, there was no Alex Ovechkin in the game. And yet, the Capitals won 6-3, which to me says that although because of past years, we are obviously going to watch the postseason with one eye closed and with an impending sense of dread, this Capitals team could be one of the deepest Washington has had. They were literally without four of their top players. And we'll get to Tom Wilson in a second. And when Wilson was not on the ice five, and yet they were still able to beat the Rangers six to three. Uh, some news from earlier today. If you missed it Monday, Kuznetsov and Ilya Samsonov both uh, missed last night's game because of, for disciplinary reasons. And uh, apparently, Yevgeny Kuznetsov, as of now, is back on the COVID list. Now, I'm not exactly sure how that works, since I thought he already had it, but it's possible, I guess, he didn't exactly have COVID. Uh, The last time he was on the list just was because of contact tracing exposed to somebody who did. Either that has happened again, which is not good, or he actually has it this time. Either way, it's not something that the Capitals need right now. 
especially when Alex Ovechkin, who tried to play last night, made it all of 39 seconds in one shift in uh, the first period and then was done for the rest of the night. That's got to get a little concerning now for about Ovi because this isn't the middle of the season anymore. We're in the home stretch. There are, I don't know, five, six games, something like that, left of the regular season. Ovi's got to be healthy for the playoffs, but this lower body injury, if it's some sort of a muscle pull, who knows how long that takes to heal. You just don't know at this point. So let's hope for the best on that because without Ovechkin, you can't really see this team making a deep run in the playoffs. Although, as I said last night, they looked pretty good. Again, small sample size. Over the long, over the long run, over the long term, it's not going to happen. Now, if you missed it, Tom Wilson was once again uh, sent to the ban- sent to the penalty box, uh, incurred not just a few minors, but uh, I believe a major as well. After getting into a fight, you've probably seen it by now. He uh, ragdolled a couple of Rangers players earlier today. League uh, said that they were going to fine him $5,000. However, and this is very good news for Capitals fans, no suspension. That did not sit well with Rangers head coach David Quinn. Not at all. I mean, uh, to me, anybody in hockey, certainly everybody in our organization is very disappointed. Certainly thought it was uh, warranted a suspension. Uh, We're just really disappointed. The line was crossed. Uh, The guy didn't have his helmet on. Vulnerable. He got hurt. You know, to me, it was uh, there was an awful lot there to suspend him. Okay, now let's just back up the truck a little bit. Number one, there is not one team in hockey that if Brian McClellan decided, you know what, I think I'm going to trade Tom Wilson. Who wants him? There's not one team in hockey that would not want Tom Wilson on their roster. So let's just get that out of the way right now. Tom Wilson is not a goon. Yeah, he's a rough, tough player. He's an enforcer. He's also an enforcer that can score, that can and does score 20 goals a year. That's why he is public enemy number one amongst all the rest of the league. It's not that he wants to drop the gloves and fight. It's that other the rest of the league needs him out of the lineup because he's a genuine scoring threat as well as an enforcer and a big, high-powered forward. So, you know, David Quinn really needs to cut the crap on that stuff. Was the rabbit punch when uh, the skater was on the ground, was that a little bit out of line? Yeah, maybe a little, but we don't know what was going on there um, between uh, the Rangers' Pavel Busnevich and Vitek Vanacek. It could very well be that, that Wilson was just protecting his goalie. That's what you're supposed to do. Now, did he take it a little bit too far, rabbit punching Busnevich when he was on the ground? Maybe. Depending, again, on what was going on between Busnevich and Vanacek. Sorry, but that's just the way it is. And then a couple of guys jump on Wilson's back. What do you expect him to do? He's going to throw him down on the ice. You know, it's, it's... a little bit it's so disingenuous and phony to hear David Quinn uh, whining about Wilson not getting suspended. Yeah, of course he was disappointed and wanted him suspended. He absolutely did because of the fact that 
you know, he wants him out of the game because if he's out of the game, uh, the Capitals are really an undermanned team. And, you know, despite the fact that Wilson spent, I don't know, it seemed like 10 or 15 minutes in the penalty box, uh, not only did uh, the Capitals not give up a goal during that time, again, they came back and they won the game 6-3. to three. And, again, one of the great signs of last night was the fact that with Ovechkin not able to play, Daniel Sprong, 23 years old, who has played in place of Ovechkin on Ovechkin's line this year, stepped up and and, may, and had a big, big goal uh, that turned out to be the game winner. All right, your final words on the draft. Lake Lewis is going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes. Again, you can never, you don't know how any of this is going to turn out. Could be that everybody that Washington wound up drafting flames out. You know, maybe they got the whole thing wrong. I do not think they did, however. Once again this year, it wasn't flashy, but Ron Rivera and Marty Herney and Martin Mayhew went out and did what they said they were going to do. One of the things I like about the way, the direction that this organization has been headed in the last couple of years, and you know what, and you got to give credit where credit's due, even going back before that, is that there's a focused mission. You know, they know what they're doing, and now they're sticking to the plan. And that start, that really did start with Kyle Smith. Um for all of Bruce's faults, Bruce Allen's faults, and God knows they were many, um, those last few years he let Kyle Smith draft guys that made sense for this team. Now, you saw the, you saw the opposite of this in Dallas. I mean, I was, I was listening to a couple of uh, draft analysts today saying, you know, yeah, it's uh, Dallas was drafting some guys, uh, you know, even, um, even Micah Parsons, how well are they going to fit into the scheme that the Cowboys are going to run this year? Maybe not well. Maybe not too well. So I like the fact that Rivera and Mayhew and Herney are drafting guys, not just guys that are, that are, you know, talented players, but guys that are going to fit, um, that are going to fit, the systems that Washington is running. You know, that that's the great thing about uh, drafting, I think, Jamin Davis. Looks like he's going to fit in well, probably play the same linebacker spot and uh, the first year and maybe move, and move to the mic next year in 2022 when John Bostick's contract is up. It, Sam Kosme, same thing. Big, strong, athletic tackle. Uh, who, tackle-wise, you know, relatively speaking to a tackle, is fast. Um, Diami Brown, wide receiver out of North Carolina. What do you hear about him? He's fast. In fact, that receiving, uh, the receiver's room now, after years of, what have, what have we heard for years? No downfield threat, no downfield threat. Now the wide receiver's room's chock full of guys that are downfield threats. 
Dimey Brown is supposed is able to take the top off a of defense. We know Terry McLaurin can take the top off a of defense. Curtis Samuel can take the top off a of defense. All of a sudden, this wide rec- this receiver room again looks dangerous. Then you go, you know, their third round pick, uh, their other third round pick, Benjamin St. Juice, the cornerback. What do you get there? All right. You've got a couple of shutdown guys already with William Jackson and Kendall Fuller, but you needed depth and you needed a guy who was big and fast. Benjamin St. Just, big and fast. And it just goes on and on. And yeah, there are plenty of question marks still. Have they really solved the tight end problem? Uh, the, have they solved the free safety problem? But You've got to like the fact that once again this year, there aren't any head scratchers. You can make sense of what Rivera did. Might not pan out. In fact, there'll be a a good number of picks here that don't pan out. But he's doing, they're doing the right things and making the right moves to make this team better. Let's get into it and let's get some analysis here on the draft. The great Lake Lewis, sportsjourney.com, or as I like to call him, my boss online, joining us here to talk Reds, uh, talk Washington football team draft. I almost did it again, man. How you doing, my friend? <laughs> I'm good. How about you? I'm all right. You know, busy time of year, but we're we're about to get back into it again. It's hard to believe that, uh, you know, that we just finished, that, that the season ended just a few months ago and here we are draft is over and now we're you know we're getting we're getting ready to go and for the first time in a long time fans aren't feeling like they're being dragged into another season they're you know highly anticipating this upcoming season yeah because it's a good young football team it seems like they've helped themselves tremendously through this draft so i'm excited to for my 10th season covering them i'm excited for it time flies you know you and i have 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 been two of the more, I think, optimistic um, folks when it comes to this team the last few years. But, I mean, it, it, and at the risk of sounding like a broken record, it really does seem like they've got something that they're building here. The thing that I noticed was that you look at it, seven rounds of the draft, 10 players that they picked up. You know, That's a lot of homegrown talent here that they've got to work with. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you can't see that this team's up is on the upward trajectory, I don't know what you're looking for. I mean, yeah, there's some fans that are still, you know, they're still in you, you have to show me mode. Well, they showed them last year. They went to the playoffs. I mean, yeah, they were seven and nine, but they were seven and nine with four different quarterbacks. Right. So I mean, most teams don't finish seven and nine, win a division with four different quarterbacks. You know, you're lucky if you win three games. So This was a team that I think you and I, we both talked about this, you know, off the record. I mean, but now we're on the record. We can say we said this many times. If they had one quarterback last year start 16 games, they would have won 10 or 11 games. There's no doubt about it. So you would think that Fitzpatrick or Heineke or whoever the quarterback this year is going to be, you would think that if that person can start 17 games because it's an extra game this year, 17 games I don't see there's there's no reason for me to believe this team can't win 10 football games I mean 10 football games may win your division this year even though you have one more game so I think fans should be you know positive right now 
about where this team is. What'd you think about uh, Jamin Davis? I mean, in years past, you know, you know the drill. They would have mortgaged the future, traded three number one, dra- three first round draft picks to move up to get a quarterback that maybe would work out and maybe that didn't. But it, it seems to me like he is the quintessential Ron Rivera pick, you know, not one that was talked about a lot. But the more you look at his tape, the more you realize why Rivera liked him in the first round. Well, you know, I went on a good friend of mine um, from my days in college at Penn State. We, uh, uh, when I left as the student sports director for the radio station, he succeeded me. And um, Tom Fallon, he's on the ESPN outlet up in Lehigh, uh, Pennsylvania. So every year we do a mock draft. And as far as, you know, you, you have to wait till, you know, you can't just say who you're taking. You have to wait till your team picks. And if the player is available or if they're not, then you go there. So the player that I picked for Washington was Jamin Davis. Mm-hmm. And uh and I know you like, wanted Micah that? Parsons. I know you wanted Micah Parsons. Oh, of course. Of course I did. But he was long gone. Yep, <laughs> but yep. no, they, um, they asked me who was Jamin Davis. And I said, listen, you know, I am a big Micah Parsons guy. I'm a Penn State guy. And uh, we, we support our own. But with that being said, Jamin Davis doesn't have to take a backseat to anybody as far as the athleticism that he brings to the table. He, I don't think he's as, as elusive as Micah Parsons is from left to right. Um, but, but going North South, I mean, they're, they're both coming and they're both coming with some bad intentions. And I think that in this defense with Ron Rivera, you're going to see a lot more from this kid that maybe Kentucky wasn't doing with him, you know, and uh, let's face it, look at what he's going to be lining up behind. They don't have that at Kentucky. They don't have that at Alabama. They don't have that at any college team right now, this front four that Washington possesses. And we have to start saying front five. Because Matt Ioannidis is coming back. <laughs> or or <laughs> so, six, if you count Tim Settle. Absolutely. So, I mean, there, there's just so many guys just going to keep coming in waves. And he can just sit behind those guys. And, and, and you know, it's hard to say a guy 6'3", 235 is going to get lost right. uh, physically as far as seeing him. But that's exactly what can happen. And with the speed that he plays with, I just think that, you know, Washington has found themselves, you know, potentially their, their linebacker for the next 10 years, middle linebacker. And I think that's the intent, and that's why they drafted them. Everybody seems to be raving about Deami Brown uh, from North Carolina, and I watched him a lot last year because of course. I got I got yeah, a kid that goes to North Carolina. And, goes there. <laughs> yep, and the and my wife went to Carolina, so and he's good. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it it and all of a sudden, this Washington receiver room now looks pretty deep, and that there are some some guys that had some high potential that could be on the outside looking in. Yeah, first name that comes to mind is Steven Sims Jr., (laughs) you know, a a guy that that I've liked for a long time. But when you bring in Humphreys and you're bringing in Curtis Samuel, all these guys are interchangeable. Hell, even Terry McLaurin played some slot last year at times, you know, so they they have all these interchangeable guys. And if you think about it, now you're you're drafting Brown, who's more of a vertical, you know, speed guy down the field. You just have to wonder, like, where are some of the balls going to go? And that's a great problem to have because you're talking about a a position of need at one point to now perhaps, you know, having a chance to be a position of strength overnight just like that. Um, I'll tell you this. It's going to be one of the faster units in the league. And with Fitzpatrick, the way he likes to throw the ball down the field, I think it's just going to add a new wrinkle to the offense that we – we only saw basically for a half in the uh, Buccaneers playoff game. <laughs> amazing, amazing to think that we're talking about a Washington receiver core with a lot of speed, though. And it's and it's amazing how fast that script is flipped there. Yeah, we saw what Deshaun Jackson did when he was here with the speed that he played with. Mm-hmm. 
but Pierre Garcon wasn't necessarily the fastest guy. Uh, you know, he, he, I mean, his first play with the, with Washington was a nice play from RG3 against New Orleans where he right. took it to the house, but I think he hurt his toe on that play as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but at, but at, yeah, but at the end of the day though, they didn't have a whole lot of speed. Um, at least not game speed. You know, there's one thing to be fast and there's another thing to play fast out on the field. And I think that the guys that they have now will play fast on the field. Curtis Samuels plays very fast. Uh, we already know Brown plays super fast. That's why he led the nation in vertical catches. You know, every time he threw it up to him in North Carolina, he was in the end zone. Um, you know, I just think that that gives Washington a nice added punch. You know, we still have guys out there that, you know, people may not know outside of this market, but there's still guys out there like Cam Sims, you know, um, a guy that every year you're looking for him to take that next step. Well, I, I tell you what, I mean, it's going to be some tough sledding for some guys to make this team on make this roster with this receiver group. So may the best man win, but all that's going to do is make this team even better. Yeah. Help me out with this existential question that we've been, we've been mm -hmm. discussing here on the show for, for a few weeks now at the quarterback position. What is your feeling about this? A chicken and an egg. It's the chicken and the egg scenario. Does the quarterback make the team or does the team make the quarterback? Where do you fall on that? I think in this, in this regime here, uh, I think it's the team makes the quarterback. And they don't have a quarterback that's going to be able to just say, hey, get on my shoulders. I'm taking you there. And that's OK. That's not a disrespect to Ryan Fitzpatrick or Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen. Hell, even Steve Montez. It's just not. But you know what it is a testament to? It's a testament to the coaches feel like they have four quarterbacks that they're comfortable with that they can win at a high level with because of the pieces around around them. That's what you want. You want to know you have a good team, not just a couple of players that you can put out on a flyer and market and know on Sundays they're going to get the hell beat out of, right. <laughs> you know, exactly. like we've seen in years past. Mm -hmm. Now it's a full team. You can market a lot of guys on this team. Nice young guys, you know, talented guys, too. So, yeah, to answer your question, I, I just think that they don't need Ryan Fitzpatrick to be, you know, the NFC leader in, in passing yards or touchdowns. They just need him to not turn the football over and sustain drives and, and, and be durable. Give them 16, 17 starts. The Great Lake Lewis, sportsjourney.com. We could sit here and talk all day, but you got to get out of here. My wife needs me to get to Walmart because if I don't pick up this, uh, this shipment that she ordered, I'm in a huge amount of trouble here. Thank you. My friend, before we get out of here, let everybody know uh, where they can catch uh, Sports Journey on the web because you're all over the place with hundreds of thousands of followers out there. You, you can follow me at sportsjourney.com, the same place where you can check out Bob's great, great Capitals coverage. Uh, it's really giant. good. And sometimes I got to apologize to everybody out there. Bob is on it to the point where, <laughs> I, I, let me say, Mr. Matthews here is every game I get stuff. And there's times where what I hate it? to say it. I, I, I don't get a chance to always put it up, but I will. I, I'm trying to get better at that. Um, you know, we've had a shuffle in the group and everything like that. But no, your your work is solid, man. And it's good to cover a, a, a team that should have aspirations to bring in another Stanley Cup home. My friend, you are much too kind. By the way, as we record this, it is now 2-1 caps over the Rangers, and that's without Kuznetsov and Samsonov playing tonight. So uh, Let's go. Depth. <laughs> they Depth. have it. <laughs> Thank God. Thank you, Lake. Yes, I appreciate it. We will talk to you soon. All right, my friend. Take care now. Okay. 
And that's going to do it for us. Mick and the clock on the wall said we got to get out of here. Thanks for joining us. And always, don't forget, you can catch us at sportsjourney.com anytime you want. Or iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or the iHeartRadio app, wherever fine podcasts are sold. See you next time, kiddies. Remember, like the Washington once said, if you're on your bike tonight, as always, do wear white. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of will and taste. I've been around for a long, long year. Stole many a man's sword of faith. I was around when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain. Me damn sure the pilot washed his hands and sealed his face. Rage, when the blitz free rage and the finest thing.